You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, a pretty boring Monday, right? Not really much to talk about. We're gonna, we, maybe we could talk about some of our favorite TV shows or movies because there just isn't very much Cowboys news going on right now. Yeah, it, it's kind of quiet. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think we've got some things we've got to discuss. Um, obviously, uh, the Cowboys made a huge trade today with. Uh, trading a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. And we're going to get to that. That's going to be the bulk of our show. Uh, but we do need to touch about touch on the Cowboy game from Sunday. Uh, their loss to the Washington Redskins, they fell 20-17. to And that was basically what we predicted the score was going to be on uh, Thursday's podcast. Go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, and Landon, both of you and I basically nailed that game. We said that it's going to be... Uh, a pretty low scoring game for most for the first three quarters scoring might pick up in the fourth quarter and that game is going to come down to kicking and that's exactly what happened uh, but I want to just kind of take a, a big you know 10,000 foot view of, of this game and this Cowboys team um, what do you think this game said about the Cowboys uh, for this season and maybe for future seasons because I for, for to me when I watched that game it, it just reaffirmed my belief that Jason Garrett is not going to be the coach that's going to get the Cowboys to where they want to go to just because he's too conservative by nature. What were your thoughts from this game? Uh, I mean, every, everybody's going to fall back to their their narratives of what went wrong. But to me, uh, you know, I, I think it was, uh, once again, our strength. Our strength's not playing to their strength. Our defensive and offensive lines played very poorly. Um, I mean, we need to see the all twenty-two for all this, but uh, you know, uh, I, I think despite, I, I think a lot of people are going to want to try to blame this on Dak, and I think Dak had a couple of clearly some bad plays. But I, I only, sure. I mean, I think you know, John and I were talking about this after the game on the Best Coast Boys podcast, and, and the thought process for us was, you know, I, I feel like ninety percent of the plays he did well. Those ten percent that he didn't do well uh, were were disastrous, you know. And and, and I between think between the fumble, between the fumble on fourth down, yeah, the fumble in the end zone, yeah, I, I completely get what you what you're saying. I I, t- I tend to think that you know, sorry, I dropped my uh, dropped my pen. Uh, I, I tend to think that you know if the if the offensive line had played like even just a little bit better. That the Cowboys could have won that game, you know, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, I mean, if you just go by and go rewatch the game, I mean, you know, holding calls, uh, you know, they had at least four offensive line penalties that killed four separate drives, and then on top of that, another four sacks, and then an, an, a lot of pressure, you know. To and me, I don't think the set, I don't think the holding calls were ticky tack either. Like those were those no, were legitimate. They were holds. bad. They were like you know, one of them, Leo Collins tackled a dude, you know, so right around the neck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I to me, the takeaway from this game is that. Either this offensive line isn't what we thought it was going into the season, or 
it's really, 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 really struggling without Travis Frederick. And and I'm, frankly, I'm really open to either interpretation. I think that Joe Looney's individual play as a center hasn't been poor, hasn't been great, uh, you know, bad at all. But I, I mean, I think there is pretty severe communication issues still going on uh, along that offensive line, um, you know. And I think at times. Dak had to press, you know, you know, when, when Dak has to press, you know, really hard and, and try to make plays, that's when he does things like tries to peel out from the five yard line and get out of the, the pocket and sure. ends up getting t- sacked, strip sacked, you know, and I think, you know, there's, of course, you, we can blame Dak as we should. I mean, I think that people, when they remember that, they should remember Romo too, because this was the same that we at least gave Romo the benefit of a doubt when it was him, when he made these similar kind of mistakes. And let's remember that Romo made mistakes like this all the time at a certain point in his career. And I think but, that, but in but in Romo's defense, though, he was putting up pretty consistently a lot more points than what this offense has been in the last, you know, season and a half. I mean, at some points he was, yeah. But at other points, I mean, you know, they, they, we had given a lot of different things to him, and he still at times was, you know, having to carry the team like in ways that maybe he shouldn't have. And I think that Dak is experiencing some of that as well. And you know, in pressing like that, made mistakes like this. You know, I, I'm not saying that Dak is. I'm comparing the situation, not 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 sure. the players. You know, and, and I think that. My point is that even Romo, when he was in situations like this, this was kind of a weakness for him too. The the, the last step that made Romo Romo was was not you know becoming a better or more aggressive passer. It was actually becoming more careful with the football and being you know learning to take the sacks, learning to throw the ball away on third down. I, I, to me, that's when his efficiency got better. That's when he became the truly elite player that we saw, you know, those last few seasons before he got hurt. That's that's what took us. And, and Dak's not there yet, you know. He he needs to learn that, and and he he learned he learned it the hard way that sometimes you have to learn to take those plays, uh, and and just live to fight another day. Um, as far as Garrett and the the play calling goes, you know, I, I I was actually a little bit surprised at you know to come out. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be at this point because. But I was actually a little more surprised that people came out and were so critical of, of the play calling because, uh, to me, uh, that was the. I, I felt like that was near the bottom of the reasons that they lost that game. I mean, if you want to talk about the way that it finished, I felt like they played to to get the field goal and it, they missed the field goal. They got a ticky tacky call right before they kicked the field goal. Um, they're playing to, to tie because they felt like they had the momentum, and I feel like they, if they had tied it and got into overtime, I feel pretty good about our chances that we win that game. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can understand. And people are always going to complain about play calling. I feel like no matter what, and I guess I get that, but I, I don't really see the heavy level. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, it, it's a criticism for sure. I don't. He could have gone the other way. I, I'm not like here to super defend the. You know the way the plays were called at the end. Um, but at the same time, that to me was f- pretty far away from the reason this team lost. Right. All right. So we are going to explore this game more over the next yes. couple of days. Uh, the Cowboys have a bye week. 
coming up. So we've got a lot of time to go through the All-22 film, and we're probably going to split it up into two days, look at the offense and defense, because we have a couple extra shows mm-hmm. this week. Um, so make sure you guys are on the lookout for those. Those will come out on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, let's pause for a second so I can tell you guys about my bookie. You know, ever since we have started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on or what team to pick. The truth is... We kind of have an idea who's going to win. I was going to say we, we, we're pretty have to bust good, up but that, we don't that line are pretty good, huh? Yeah, we're we're pretty good, but we don't always know who's going to win. So you guys need to check out my bookie. Uh, remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site is so easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past. And that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's talk about the biggest news of the day the Cowboys trading their 2019 first round pick. For Oakland Raiders wide receiver Amari Cooper, Landon, what was your initial reaction with the trade? Well, my initial reaction was, of course, I missed it because I was off Twitter all right. morning, and I was like, and I'm, I think the first thing I saw was, uh, well, what do we think about Amari now? And and I saw as soon as I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, it happened, didn't it? So I mean, because there's, there's been a lot of smoke here, and you know, it's. If there's so much smoke about a lot of different things when you follow the Cowboys that it you know it the percentage of smoke to fire is actually pretty low I would assume sure, to, sure. outside of other uh, other teams because we get associated with everything. Um, I, I you know look I've been a fan of the move I mean, we've we've talked about it privately and we talked about it on this podcast I'm a fan of the move completely I, I think he's a good fit for what we we want to do. Um, there's questions about compensation, but. I, you know, I, I just I'm not that upset about it because I feel like they they probably I mean look they're not going to get a wide receiver in twenty the twenty this draft from what I've seen and and well, you, you can well, tell let's me. do this real quick let's yeah. do this really quickly because there's two parts of this trade and I kind of want to separate them because okay. yeah and like I'd the, love to hear more of, more of your side of what. I mean, what his play is like, obviously, because you covered the Raiders on another right. format. So I want to hear a lot about that side of it as well. But, yeah, we should. There's a difference between his play and his value to the team and the compensation that we've given to him, we've given for him. So which one do you want to start with first? But let's start with the compensation okay. because I think that's what everybody's getting hung up with. Okay. Um, I Initially... It's a lot. It, it is trading a first round pick for any player. Well, is he, tough in you today's and I NFL. Had even said that before. I think. I mean, I yeah, talked absolutely. about how I thought the first round. I, I but go ahead. Yeah, I, I it's it's just awfully hard to give up a first round pick because you get those players on cheap contracts for five years. Um, we don't know where that pick is going to end up. There's a chance that this thing falls apart, and all of a sudden, that's a top ten pick. Um, so there's the unknown of you know what this pick can be. Um, 
but if you if you get past the the pick and I that listen I'm a draft junkie and that it hurts because I love watching draft film and getting ready for the draft and that's going to make this winter unbearable here up in Erie PA where it snows all the time because I loved watching the film and now I don't get to do that but um get if to you do set that a, you just well, it's just for a different pick come on yeah but it's not as much fun <sighs> anyways if you get past the compensation my thought on Amari Cooper the entire time is there's not many receivers in the league that I think fit better into Dallas's system and fit with Prescott better than Amari Cooper. He yeah. has literally every single single trait that you would want from a wide receiver one in this situation. He can run routes on the outside. He can come in the slot and make plays. He is a force in the red zone. But probably best of all, he can make plays down the field. He's got a ton of speed. So if you're looking for a wide receiver one that fits this scheme, Cooper makes sense. And then you mentioned it before. If you look at free agency and the draft coming up here in 2019, there's not a lot of guys that project as a wide receiver one. Now, inevitably, there's going to be one or two that probably come out of this draft. But it's, it's hard to identify them now. And even if you do... We've seen now in the NFL oh, yeah. that you usually don't get that type of production for another yeah. two or three years, right? So they traded they traded a pick for a player that they think can help not only in the future, but right now get this offense back on track. Uh, I, I ran it long enough, so I'll let you go ahead. What, what do you think about Cooper on the field as a player? Well, I, as a player, I, I mean, we've said this. I and you, you probably, obviously, not even probably, definitely have a better idea than I do. But I, t- I see what you see. I see a guy that is a separator. I see a guy who is a route runner. I see a guy who understands the nuance of what it takes to play the outside position. Um, and I think that those are all things that Dak desperately needs in his number one receiver. Um, you know, he, here's the thing. The, the first round pick, you know, who you get, I mean, like, first of all, let's just, I mean, I don't know how deep everyone is into their college football watching or their draft evaluation at this point of the season, but they're, I mean, I mean, you're pretty, you've watched this stuff and we, you talk to guys as well as I do. Who's the number one wide receiver in this class coming up? And, and well, where, the, where is the he top one be was, the top one, at least in my opinion, was DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. But, but he's a guy that ju- he just got a neck injury that's going to probably either knock him down a couple rounds or make him go back to school. So you were looking at maybe one first-round wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Uh, I like Hollywood Brown, the receiver yeah, from, from Oklahoma, Oklahoma, but that's probably that's probably a guy that gets picked somewhere between 25 and 50. Yeah. That's not a wide receiver one, not in my opinion at least. Yeah, and, and listen, and so I, I think – you know, this this was the guy. This was the move to make. You know, this I mean, because I, I think that if you want to get that guy who who he, that pick wasn't going to give you Amari Cooper level production in 2019. Uh, short of a uh, short of taking uh, what's the kid the tight end Fant right Noah Fant yep. yeah like maybe if you got if you managed to get Noah Fant as a tight end maybe he could kind of get similar numbers uh, but look at the history if he had a crazy but but even then yeah i'm saying like this is all a long shot my point is is that first round pick is is what you is the price you, you had to pay for this guy and here's the other thing i saw your tweet your retweet of of uh albright's 
thing about the Cowboys competing against themselves or whatever. Uh, no one else was offering a third round pick. No one else was also getting Cooper. You well, know, can we can, uh, offering, can I update that? A, uh, off, can yeah, I update well, that please, really quickly? Please. Um, there was a couple of reports, and one was from Mike Silver of NFL.com. Uh, that there were other teams interested. The, the Eagles actually offered a second-round pick last week for Amari Cooper. Um, you well, know, you did, did Dallas still maybe overpay a little bit? But sure, but it sounds like it's, between the Eagles and the Colts, who were also interested, there was I, other teams that I, wanted Amari Cooper. When people, when people consider bidding, like, it's really not, you know— there's not a point in considering the losing bids. <laughs> like, if, 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 if the price for Cooper was not third-round pick, then the th- who cares— whether or not people were submitting third round picks for Amari Cooper. I guess my point is is that like the Cowboys traded what had to they had to trade to get the, the deal done. They they needed this deal. Uh I think if that much is clear and, and I think they needed it because this was this became their best shot for the next few years, frankly. You know, like if, if you look at I free agree. agency, I you agree. look at the draft, like they they needed talent injection in a wide receiver, but they needed it at, up at the top, and and in order to get it up at the top, this was really the only way. Who? What other number one wide receivers are out there available? Like what? What None. number one? You know, or 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 a guy that, that I mean, look, they needed a guy that that was that was going to come in and be clear, you know wide receiver one, whatever. I don't know that he's necessarily going to get the still the same targets, but I, I think he's going to get obviously the most targets, right? But the the larger point is is that they needed a guy who could come in and squarely be the best receiver on this team. What, you know, whether it's wide receiver one or whatever that means. Uh, I think that the point is is that they needed the talent at the top, a stabilizing force, because that's what they had hoped they were getting, you know, to a certain degree with somewhere between Hearns and Gallup and, and all that. And I think Hearns, you know, had his best game on Sunday, but I, I, I don't, I mean, clearly we're seven games in and it hasn't been enough. So um, I, I think that in order to get that talent of guy, you're not going to be able to get him in free agency without, you know, probably severely overpaying for someone who may not even be that guy. And and in a free and in draft we just talked about it. There was probably one guy who was on Cooper's level that would come out, uh, and and now he has a neck injury, and and even then that's not a sure thing. So for them to to, to pay this, I feel like, you know, it was a it was a deal that was a, a guy who, like we said, is a great fit on the field. And let's transition to this on the field talk. But I think you know he's a great fit on the field. He was only available by chance because they're trading him, and and he was the best thing that you're going to have available. Likely, a, a no best thing that is known available to you in the next probably two years. I mean, a year plus the you know draft right. and the next season. So you know why not take the chance? And again, I think also we you have to t- talk about this in the prism of 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 Dak Prescott, you know, they've got another year that they need to figure out what they want to do with Dak Prescott. And I, and I know people are frustrated with Dak right now and and they think that the Cowboys should have, should have an idea of who this is, but you know, even Tony Romo, uh, you know, got better late in his career. These guys get better. Like there is, there is a chance for improvement and, and I think he's gotten better. I, I I don't think he is where everyone wants him to be right now because they want this team to be, uh, competitive immediately and be you know ready to go and they look at Wince and how Wince you know kicked it in his second year and went all the way 
but I think that that this team sees what they have in this player, and they realize they want they like the person they think he can develop into the quarterback they want, uh, and so they're giving him they're kind of rebuilding this team more in his image, and I think they're going to give him a lot of leash because they have him in house, and they understand that he was a fourth round pick, and in despite an amazing rookie year, you know he he needs. A opportunity to grow and I think giving him a wide receiver that fits what he wants to do well as well as be being very talented I think is a step in the right direction to figure out what you have all right I want to add a little bit more context to the trade before we talk about Cooper you know kind of with Cowboys but um, first of all one of the big things that happened here and this is the reason why the Cowboys went ahead and said yes to this trade even despite giving up a little bit more than what either of us wanted uh, that Cooper told the Cowboys that he would be willing to play out his contract for the next year and a half and did not wasn't going to demand a contract extension. So what that means is the Cowboys have the next 25 games to basically see what they have in Cooper before committing you know money to him long term. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, I would have been I would have been way more down on the straight if the Cowboys immediately handed him a big contract like the Rams did with Brandon Brandon Cooks. I want to see what Cooper looks like. I want to see what he looks like in this offense before doubling down on the trade. The other thing is there's going to be more moves over the next couple weeks before the trade deadline. And I know one of the guys that's been mentioned is Demarius Thomas. And why didn't the Cowboys trade for Josh Gordon when they only had to give up a fifth-round play, blah, 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 blah. Cooper's 24 years old. Uh, Demarius Thomas is going to be 31, and he already has a contract where he's being paid $17 million a year. I don't think the Cowboys wanted any part of that. I, I really don't. Um, they didn't want to have a guy like Josh Gordon, you know, another one of those guys on the team that they had to, uh, they had to baby or whatever they needed to do with Josh Gordon. So they wanted a guy who loves football, who can play every single position. And I, listen, I, I know I know why you're laughing because <laughs> no, I know it's funny the that you brought it up, and I'm glad you did. Pick up, pick there, there's, there's been some, I'm just going to say, there have been bogus reports out there Thank that you. he doesn't love football. That's not, it, it's the furthest away from the truth. Uh, if you followed him back when he was at Alabama with Nick Saban, the only thing this guy likes to do is play football. He, he absolutely loves it. He, he's not going to have a problem fitting in here at all. So, Let's go ahead and move on to a a 10,000-foot view of this trade in this wide receiver room in this Cowboys offense. You look at the Cowboys group of receivers for the next, let's say, three years with Amari Cooper, now Michael Gallup in Mm -hmm. a number two receiver role with Cole Beasley as a slot receiver. Um, you know, Tavon Austin is like the gadget guy that can do a little bit of everything. Uh, maybe Cedric Wilson, the guy they drafted in the fifth round this year as a, uh, as a deep threat. All of a sudden, it has the makings of a pretty well-rounded wide receiver room. Do you agree with that? I do, and I, I mean, I think that's why we talked about uh, uh, that. I mean, that's this kind of ex- expanding on my my thought process of it needing to be a, a receiver at the top. I think you have a you know a pretty solid collection of twos and threes at this point. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, now that Cooper comes in, like suddenly you've got a really decent wide receiver group, you know? And so I think that, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it is that, you know, getting a guy at the top really gives you uh, a complete set, you know, in at wide receiver. And I think that, you know, now you've got guys like, you know, Beasley is, 
being appropriately targeted. And I think he's going to be able to be appropriately deployed because now you can't really double team him as much, especially if Gallup can start to come on a little bit more. Now you've got three guys who really are actually all kind of threats, you know, <laughs> in the right spots. Yeah. And, and that's and, and the most important, in the right spot. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think that that's really, you know, something that, really this team hasn't had in a little while. I mean, not even last year. I thought, you know, I think that as far as that kind of depth outside now, what's going to happen in tight end, uh, that's going to be interesting. I don't know. Have we heard anything about Swain, but not yet. No. Okay. But, but I would say that, you know, this is at least a, this is a spot where now they can say, okay, uh, we have what we need on the outside to, uh, uh, to win, Uh, to win against, you know, uh, I mean, we're going to have to see how it all, fits together. But I, I think what they have is they have the ability to win better outside than they ever have I mean, in a long time. Um, certainly since Dak's been here. And um, and I think that that is going to, you know, make the throwing lanes, the throwing windows a lot cleaner. And really, you know, uh, here's the other thing. And I think this is doesn't get, uh, because it doesn't, because the problem doesn't get talked about enough, the solution doesn't get talked about enough. But the issues with the offensive line, you know, and the blocking that that, that was going on, like you know, and I, and you hear it too. Like you know, I heard people in the uh, during the broadcast saying, well, "Dak's got to get rid of the ball quicker." There's nowhere to get rid of the ball to, you know. And, and, and if that's the problem, is that there aren't a lot of guys on this team outside of Beasley who can who have been able to manage, you know. Uh, getting open quickly and presenting a target for Dak quickly. And so I think part of it is that you get a guy like Amari Cooper who can do that sort of thing, and, you know, that's going to make the the pass blocking a little bit easier. I mean, you know, and and it's going to make the ability for you to beat some of these blitzes with, uh, with just another guy who can get open and do something with the ball after he catches it. Uh, it you know, I, I just think it adding talent outside can kind of help alleviate some of the pass blocking issues if we it can help with quick separation and 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 you know kind of getting open quickly and just getting bang bang pass plays going cuz i think that's really kind of what's been missing the most is that there haven't been as many i mean when was the last time we saw somebody take a slant for long for you know, 30 yards. Like that it, used to happen all the time, time with this team yeah. with, with Terrence Williams and Dak, like, I mean, Des, yeah. like that, that was the thing is when those guys got the ball, at least on the run, they were, you know, they were running through defenses with, with, you know, Terrence Williams, say what you will about the guy was really good about running through defenses when he got the ball in his hands. And I think what they've got now in Cooper and I think Gallup was, will be a lot more like that because he's creative with the ball in his hands as well. You know, once I think you, now you've got some guys who they can get the ball in their hands and, and actually threaten a defense you know, as, as runners with the ball. A lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about with Amari Cooper over the next several weeks. Uh, he's going to play in his first game for the Cowboys on November third or November fifth, I believe it is, on Monday night against the Titans. Uh, the Raiders are on bye this week. Real quick, real uh, quick. Speaking yeah. of that, I think that that you you have to think that that also played a, a factor in this, right? Yes. Like the fact that they're getting a bye week, a whole bye week for them to kind of uh, assimilate Cooper into the offense. I, I think that is something that kind of helped, you know, 
or or I don't know if it, it factored into the trade, but it, I think it will. De- it's definitely a huge benefit that he's going to get that extra week of work to kind of figure things out with with Dak, figure, learn the playbook, get into the playbook, uh, and that you know I think that is something that is underrated that needs to be brought up because I think the timing of that really is beneficial to sure. a new running wide receiver learning an offense. Uh, I should have said the Raiders were on by last week. They actually practiced today on Monday. Uh, now, Cooper got a concussion in London against the Seahawks, but he was back on the practice field today. I'm not sure if he's clear concussion protocol yet, but it's a good sign that he's back on the field. I would think by you know two weeks from now, he'd be back on the field. You know, you'd think that they let him clear concussion protocol before he makes a decision like, oh, I don't need to worry about my extension for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I mean, well, oh, hopefully, yeah, he's, oh, well, yeah, hopefully guys, now that it's out there, he can't go back. Make on a his difference word. to me. I don't, whatever, man. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic times to be a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Make sure you check out the Best Coast Boys podcast. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Uh, again, we're going to be doing our All-22 review over the next couple days. I'm sure we're going to sprinkle in more Amari Cooper talk as kind of more things leak out about that trade. Um, you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. 